0: what's up tall nation my name is Wyatt Troy and i want to welcome you to episode 13 Behind the Daw, where we interview music producers, artists, musicians, music industry experts, people of that nature on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, and music business basis. This is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Daw, where we invite music producers to dissect their songs in real time. If you're interested in that, there is a link down in the description. But three things really quick before we get into who our guest is today. Number one is the Patreon. If you want to support Behind the Daw on Patreon for $1 a month so that we can keep bringing you these interviews forever for free. That would mean the world to us. It's literally $1 a month, plus you get access to a private Discord community. It's amazing. Next thing on the list is suggestions. If you want to suggest someone to come on the show, there's a link down in the description. Go ahead and click on that. And then finally, if you need private lessons in electronic music production, or social media marketing. Go ahead, click that link down in the description. So, who do we have coming on the show today? Today we have the lovely Crystallize. That's right, the melodic bass duo. We have Aaron and Britton coming on the show. What are we going to be talking about today? Many things, but here's a couple things that we are for sure going to talk about. Creative writing process. What is their creative writing process and how can you tap into it? And really get a creative writing process down. Second thing that we're going to be talking about is the pros and cons of being in a duo. And then finally, why they feel like their overall success has been slower than those of their contemporaries. Now that's interesting. These guys are really honest and they're willing to talk about the bad things. Of their success the bad things of their process the bad things of their progress you know this is really really notable for them opening up like this so they're going to talk about why other people in their niche have grown way faster than them that's such valuable information uh if you like this episode please like comment subscribe repost follow etc whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on whether it's itunes spotify soundcloud google play deezer youtube wherever you're at just helps us know that what we're doing is legitimate and we're moving in the direction that you need us to hey thank you so much donation and without further ado i want to introduce you to crystal skies So I just want to welcome Crystal Skies on for episode 13. Aaron and Britton, how are you guys doing today?
1: Pretty good. Doing well.
0: Aaron is calling in from Wisconsin, right?
2: Yeah, Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Elkhorn, that's a real place.
0: <laughs> Elkhorn, yeah, like the horn of an elk. How many people live in Elkhorn? About 10,000. Wow, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Walmart there?
2: Yeah, we, we do have a Walmart and a, yeah, a Piggly Wiggly, which I didn't know that what that was until I, until I moved here.
0: What, what's a Piggly Wiggly? Just just out of curiosity.
2: It's like actually, it's not that bad. It's like a grocery store, like kind of like a Meyer or a Kroger, which I guess they had in Ohio where I used to live.
0: And Britton, you're calling from Louisiana, right?
1: Yeah. Rustin, Louisiana.
0: Rustin. That is also a real place. Okay. Where, where's Rustin at?
1: It's like the, the Northeast.
0: And and is it also a pretty small
1: town? It's, it's relatively small. It's a college town. There's a decent amount of people, but not a whole, whole lot.
0: Okay. So just from this beginning conversation right now, I already have like a plethora of questions that have come up. I'm going to put them to the side just for a second. And I want to focus more on how you two came together. I, I don't like to relate duos to marriage but that's the closest thing that I can relate to for obvious reasons I don't want to but that's kind of what it is you know what I mean you kind of you have to make decisions with each other so that it's for the greater good so on and so forth and so like I mean how did you guys meet and how did you guys come to the conclusion that yes we want to be a duo I
1: I had this this English friend this guy from the UK actually showed me his music and I left a comment on there and we got started on a song and then like after the song was over, we were just like, all right, that was pretty easy to do. Let's do some more stuff. And that was actually yeah. Paradise Lost, which is which is right, the right, first right. thing you see on a SoundCloud.
2: Yeah, he just hit me up on SoundCloud. He was like, yo, this is pretty dope. I forget which track it was. And he was like, we should collab. And so, yeah, we worked on Paradise Lost. Uh, and then submitted it. What submitted it to Dubstep. com, and it like did yeah, yeah, really surprisingly it. well.
0: And then like just after that point, just the workflow and everything just worked so well, and you're like, we got to do this again, kind of a thing.
2: Yeah, it was kind of weird too because
1: he was in Logic and I was in Ableton until he <laughs> finally switched over. It was kinda, it was hard for a while.
0: I know we're not talking about the technical side, but I'm like really curious. So like, did you just have to like stem everything out as you were sending it back and forth? Yeah, just stem it
2: all out. Took forever.
0: <laughs> so that's how you guys got together as far as becoming a duo and everything. So, I mean, uh, how, how long ago has that been? I mean, how long have you been
2: doing the Crystal Skies thing? Like almost four years. Yeah, almost four. I think that was in like
1: the fall of 2013. What do you swim t- until 2013? So around there. Yeah, fall or winter—I don't actually yes. remember. Yeah. It was 2013.
0: Wow, that's that's really impressive. Okay, so for four years you've been doing this. Where do you guys feel like you are now, as far as with with the brand and with the music and everything?
2: I think we're doing pretty well. Like, I like where we're at so far. I would say that like Britain has been very, very good at making connections in the industry, which is something that I don't do that well because I'm kind of like you know more of a shy, laid-back, introverted person. So I think it works well, like because Britain is sort of like he doesn't have any reservations about putting our stuff out there and that's been very helpful for us.
0: Gotcha. And do you feel like that's true as well, Britton? Oh yeah, for sure. I think we've evolved a whole lot. So Aaron's more like the guy behind the computer most of the time, like doing all these weird sounds and like doing all this kind of stuff. And then you, Britton, you also do that, but you're also doing like a lot of the legwork of connecting and reaching out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. That's fantastic. So, I mean, Britt, would you say that you're primarily an extrovert? Uh,
1: I yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think (laughs) I I, I can be when it's needed. I think, but I'd prefer not to be. I, I like at the end of the day, I'd rather just sit in my room.
0: So this is really interesting. So we had this conversation one time, and I'd love to know your guys' thoughts on this. So it's the whole concept of an introvert, extrovert, you know, basically do extroverts have an edge on introverts in the industry. But there's pros and cons, you know what I mean? Cause so, like Aaron, you're spending hours and hours and hours behind your computer getting better and better and better and better and better. You know what I mean? You don't have this, this need to be with a bunch of people and be the center of attention and stuff like that. So that's beneficial. But you know, like when the time comes when you're like, you know, like let's say you're at a conference or something, and then so and so is over there and so and so can change your life and then all of a sudden you're like oh crap and that's where britain comes in and he's like i got this throws on his bow tie and runs over there and makes a connection and the concept is is this is that introversion and extroversion they have their strengths and their weaknesses no one in this industry is going to be able to do it alone all right if you're an extrovert you're not going to make it alone if you're an introvert you're not going to make it alone which i think is why it's smart for you two to be together you guys complement each other you know where let's say if if someone's not a duo and they're either an introvert or extrovert they supplement bringing on other team member maybe it's a manager maybe it's a social media manager so on and so forth so what you guys are doing i what i'm getting at this long-winded answer very smart is what you guys are doing
2: yeah I i think it's definitely working out well even though i don't think we necessarily planned it that way i certainly didn't you yeah, know I didn't um really. <laughs> but but it's it is coming together pretty well we didn't skyrocket the way some other people did like for example said the sky i remember when he had like you know 500 soundcloud followers and we were like this guy's gonna blow up and he did i remember Elenium had like a thousand followers and now he's like headlining festivals so it's really crazy how like some people just
1: shoot up really quickly that was just um, a matter of two years too. So, like this yeah. last year nick has just been destroying everything
0: i know that said the sky and millennium aren't a duo but they're they're really good friends and they they perform a lot together and i would say arguably you could kind of maybe say they're like a
1: pseudo duo kind of a thing
0: and so i mean looking at you two and looking at them and how you said that you didn't blow up as fast as they did why why do you think so
1: being a duo is really cool and all but like on the same token a lot of promoters don't want to necessarily fly two people out for shows and i think that's very integral part of actually blowing up you you have to get out there and and get people to know who you are but it's really hard for promoters to be like okay the music's good but do i is it worth me flying out to people or, or who, who might who might do well for my venue and stuff like that so that's that's where i think that the, the duo concept is kind of
2: i think one other thing as far as set the sky goes anyway we were both sort of in the same area of doing this like uh it's like melodic dubstep but we were it's like sound design focused and he kind of understood i think that he was kind of going to more towards and not like he was making future bass or anything but like focusing more on melodies and and chord progressions and making really beautiful music rather than just like sound design experiments and i think it took us a lot longer or at least me a lot longer to kind of go in that direction. Not to say that one's better than the other, but certainly one is more popular than the other. I'm not saying like, you know, anyone's selling out or anything, definitely doing something like that you can see why he had the success that he did. And oh. same thing with Elenium.
0: I would agree as well as I don't think that Elenium or said this guy really uh, uh, sold out either. So I know Trevor, he's my cousin. I've kind of talked to him. I was like, so yeah, when you began, you started doing all this kind of like sound designing stuff. It's really, really cool. Now you're kind of not, again, not like future-based-y. I mean, kind of a little bit, but not really but it's definitely more melodic focused rather than sound defined folk sound design. And he's like, this is just, this is me though. Like I thought I wanted this and then, and then, so I tried it and I didn't like it and now I'm doing this and now it's, you know, this is, this is my soul right now. And so I think that's actually a really important point of what you brought up is that just because something is popular doesn't mean you're selling out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say, I mean, as long as you're doing what you want to do, then, you know, it could be popular or it couldn't be popular, either way. Everyone gets accused of selling out whenever they make it big and I think in some cases I guess it's true. But
1: um. Well, I think there's I think there's something to what you said too why it is like he switched over to what he actually wanted to do and that's when he became successful with it. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with Eden. It's like he used to make a lot of like electronic oriented stuff he switched over to more like acoustic I'm going to sing a lot more and actually write and then that's what he took up because he actually did what he wanted to do and uh, I think that flowed better and you know you can work harder at that because you actually want to do it
0: switching gears just a little bit Aaron you mentioned that you're in Elkhorn and uh, Britton. you mentioned you're in Rustin right is that it yeah 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 Rustin? cool 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 I think that without a shadow of a doubt we can both agree that those probably aren't music hotspots
1: <laughs> <Yeah, there laughs>
0: no, 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 no. which I love so I actually preach this all the time that someone doesn't necessarily have to move to a huge music mecca as they're called you know like Los Angeles or or Nashville or New York or, or wherever I, I I personally think we're in an age where we don't have to do that but I would love to Know your thoughts. I mean, do you guys have plans to move out there? Are you going to stay
2: where you are, or what's going on? I'm probably going to stay in Elkhorn for a few years. It kind of actually, it depends in my particular situation. like, my wife is working there right now. You have a wife. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> my positioning is a lot based on that. Otherwise, I probably would still be in New York. I lived in New York a few years uh, when I was at school at NYU. And I mean, it, yeah, that's a great city for, for music. You know, it's it's not bad where I live right now. It's close to Chicago. You get there in like an hour and a half.
0: Wow, I didn't realize you were that close. Okay, what, what about you, Britton? I mean, what's what's your thoughts on our, on everything?
1: I am about four to five hours away from everything that I could possibly do. So I'm highly considering Denver as an option.
0: You're thinking, oh yeah, that's right. Cause you're thinking about moving in with Austin. That's right. I have not decided yet, no. How has it been building a career and building a brand and everything uh, not only away from each other, but away from like a music hotspot, basically. I feel like it's been a
1: lot harder than it would be had we have been somewhere populated. And they don't, like the promoters wouldn't have to fly us out that kind of because it's, it's a better investment for them if they don't have to spend an obscene amount of money on plane tickets.
2: Yeah, that's the other thing about Elenium <laughs> and Set the Sky being one of the biggest like up and coming music hotspots in the country. Yeah, no, not only like that, it's like
1: it's a melodic hub too. So yeah. like, just the brand that they have is so popular there
0: when when your wife which is crazy i had no idea you were married but when your wife is all done with school i mean do you also want to go to denver or are you think in new york or
2: i mean denver would make sense if if it's somewhere that she wanted to be yeah we're probably not going to live in elkhorn forever because it's a super small town and yeah we both prefer the city one possible place we were thinking of is minneapolis so that's where that's where we both went to college that's where we met so we might end up there which is a decent city for music
0: I, I have heard uh, a lot of good things about uh, Minneapolis. There's a. You ever heard of Slam Academy before? I don't think so. It started by a guy named James Patrick. He's a really, 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 really intelligent man. What has been the hardest thing with being a duo, besides I know I know you mentioned like you know like with promoters and everything, but maybe like more on an artistic standpoint. What what has been a really hard thing to do with being a duo?
2: Probably disagreements on what the focus point of the track would be, because I like. uh I still like basses. I still like bass sound design. Um, Sometimes that's not always what's called for. So I put a bunch of basses in and then it's like, you know, this song, I think it detracts, you know, this is what Brent might say, is like, oh, I think the bass actually detracts from the song a little bit. And so we, you know, we have to take out some of them and I understand why, but.
1: I'd agree. I'd say compromise on a lot of stuff is probably like the biggest like issue I'd have, either that or like, arrangement disagreements in a way like what kind of sounds we should use like gotcha. organic versus electronic other than that i think it's it's pretty solid all around
0: do you guys have like a certain system that you have to you know basically you know if, if if Aaron doesn't agree with something that you're doing britain do you guys have like a certain system set in place where it's like hey i don't agree with this and britain you understand like hey this is I understand this is nothing personal. You just don't agree with this. And high five is just business. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: we just pull it out, <laughs> basically.
2: If I made a track and, and Britton was like, this is, this is crap, like it's not good at all. And just scrap the whole thing, I would be totally fine with it. I never I
1: never take it personally. So things are good. Some things are bad. It's, <laughs> but you're, yeah. you're most likely going to always like what you do. So it's good to have a second opinion. Like, hey, this is garbage. Um, yeah. we're not going to do this.
0: Just out of curiosity, between the two of you, how fast can you guys get a song done working together?
1: So, like, if if we wanted to just finish one, we could do it in a few hours, probably. That That's not including, like, getting it sounding good. Like, all this stuff, we actually want to be perfect in there, all the mixing, all that. Sat down, we could finish it in a day. Three or more hours, yeah.
0: And and do you think, I mean, just out of curiosity, do you guys think that you could do that on your own? Like, could you even come close doing it on your own?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean... Yeah, probably. It, yeah probably as an example last last night i was actually working on a remix and like it's not done but i, I got most of it done in one day which usually uh, like that often happens actually where you get like 90 of the track done in, in a day and then uh spend the rest of the next couple of weeks working on it but it's like if you're in the flow of like creativity you know you can put like eight hours in a row towards a track i feel like it usually ends up being pretty good um yeah. rather than you know coming back to it over and over again then okay. you get tired of listening to it
0: <laughs> which leads me to my next question what has been the best experience that you two have went through with being a duo i think the best
1: song experience was the remix suited for Millennium last year or two years ago actually
0: and remind me, remind me of the remix. It was a. Uh, it's with you. With you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So we had like two versions, didn't we? Something like that? It was like at least, no, we had three versions,
2: I think. The second version was sitting there for like several weeks, maybe even a month, the second version. And right before we were going to submit it to Elenium, we were like, oh, we not want to change this. So we yeah. changed it and then immediately submitted it. It's was- not that we
1: just changed it. Like, I'm pretty sure we just said we're just going to scrap the whole thing and just redid it in a night. Almost to be a night and the next day, and then sent to them, and that's what it is now. It's yeah. the most, heavily track, most heavily played.
0: Kind of stepping away more so from your personal life and stepping into like the crystal skies part. Tell me about the brand. What does it stand for? What, what, what's the what's the purpose behind it? You know,
1: I don't know. It was just something kind of like euphoric in a way that's like kind of represents the kind of sound that we had. Yeah. Like kind of like that airy atmospheric feel. But like we kind of have like a dichotomy between that and like those like the bases and stuff. And that's kind of developed into what we do now. That's kind of <laughs> what it started as. Where, like oh, we got this euphoric kind of name that kind of represents. where where we, the more chill atmospheric kind of stuff, that's what we stuck with. And the, the, the logo has gone through a lot of changes. I think we finally settled on one that we, we're going to stick with. I mean,
2: first of all, I am like branding and marketing is so far above my head. I have no idea why certain things are like popular and why certain things work well and other things don't. Like visually, I'm clueless. So I don't actually know like what, whether our artwork is good or not. And I don't know like whether what like the branding decisions, what, what decisions would be good and what ones wouldn't be.
0: I think it's fantastic personally.
2: I'm glad because <laughs> yeah, if I were making the
1: artwork, it would be terrible probably. That's, that's been an issue in the past where we're like, all right, this artwork is nuts. I don't know if we want to have this or whatever. So we did like a complete rebrand of all the art last year, the year before, something like that. Mm-hmm. So now we just, our manager slash really good friend Nestor does all of our art and he's he's phenomenal. He really makes everything kind of cohesive as like with the, with the color palettes he sticks to and all that.
0: What does the future of Crystal Skies look like for you guys? I mean, what, what, where do you want to go with this?
1: I think down the road we talked about throwing out singles a little bit. We want to play a lot more shows in the future. And eventually you put on an album. That's awesome. That's, that's, like, that's the end game, I think, that we want to go for. like That's our big goal right now. And a collab with Seven Lions. If you're listening, Jeff, <laughs> it's up.
0: I would assume that if I was in a duo, similar to what you guys are in, I would assume the thing that I would personally struggle with the most is ultimate power over my creation. At least this is my assumption is that like, if I did decide to get into a duo, I would also need like my own personal brand on the side that I could build and do. Do you guys do that? Or do you want to do that? Or is that even a thing?
1: I feel like that would involve so much more time that I don't, I don't have. (laughs) I'm completely satisfied with this. If we're being honest, I don't really have any issues creatively.
2: I don't care at all about, my personal brand or really about ownership over the music I make. And this is not an invitation, invitation for people to take advantage of me, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, like, you know, I would, I would probably put the same amount of time into music that I do now. If like nobody listened to it, because I just enjoy making it and even if nobody ever heard it or even if like, a bunch of people heard it but it wasn't mine it would still be fine for me like you know i just enjoy the making of it
0: concerning your ep that you had and specifically towards the chasm and towards castles was there any hidden backstory that's not really up front that that people you know like people wouldn't know unless you two described to them you know is there anything like that or not really like behind the music kind of yeah yeah behind that behind those specific songs
1: I wouldn't say necessarily those two songs. I would say there's a lot more behind like Serenity and Continuum would be the more like we put a lot of time and effort into like creating this this atmosphere and kind of world around it. Casm and Castles are just kinda like, hey, let's showcase some bass design stuff and really good vocalists.
2: <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually drawn from personal experience when making a piece of music. I draw all my creative inspiration from just um like spur of the moment like in the flow kind of ideas that come to me but yeah i, I don't think i've ever like said okay i want to create something that like has something to do with my life or like things i've
1: experienced maybe maybe that's something we'll do in the future Well, that's interesting. yeah, yeah. I've, I've never done that either because i have no idea how well i would even put that down you know what i mean like the only way i could feel like see that happening is like writing some lyrics for Song, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how to translate that
0: over. Okay, so, so just so that I understand, is, is what you're saying is that every song that you guys have written up this far, it wasn't because of some personal thing that was going on at that time, it was more so you just felt like something like I, I don't even know how to explain it. You just felt something. How do you explain it? You know what I mean? Because <laughs>
1: let's, let's make something cool. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it just gives you that feeling when you find like a chord progression that works really well, or uh, if you get something to really flow well in the drop, just a feeling that's un- kind of undescribable.
0: I love this. So I come from a songwriting background. So what you're talking about is like completely foreign to me. But I was talking with Trivecta a few episodes back, and he brought up the same thing when he was doing the Fractured Remix for Illenium. And so he's like, personally, when I was writing that song, I didn't go through what the lyrics were talking about. But it was like me walking into a movie, you know, like you can walk into a movie and get engrossed in the movie and like feel the things that come from the movie without personally have gone through what's going on that is like mind-blowing to me but at the same time it makes sense wow this is like mind-blowing okay okay okay
1: i don't think you necessarily have to draw from personal experience to make art or good stuff you know what i mean so what do you draw
0: for like maybe it's just my analytical mind going crazy right now but like what do you draw from like what is it called you know i'm not saying it doesn't exist i'm just wondering like what do you call it
1: i know imagination curiosity
2: creativity imagination yeah
1: yeah it's hard to it's hard
2: to hard to describe really it's kind of almost like when you hear someone else create a song and it gives you a feeling and then you're like i want to capture that feeling in my own track and then you just try different things until you get something that 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 really works but it doesn't necessarily have to do with like the lyrics although sometimes it does Uh, sometimes it's just like um sometimes it's just a, a melodic idea or an atmosphere or a chord progression
0: I'm I'm connecting the dots of my mind right now. And kind of what, what I'm thinking, what I'm what, what I'm getting at is it blows me away how fast you guys can put songs together. The Trivex is the same, au 5 is the same, like you guys can just crank out songs as fast as possible. For the most part, you guys have all said, hey, we don't really draw from necessarily personal experience most of the time. It's more so from these, from these, like in I don't know, intuition into, you know, like just something inside of you, some imagination inside of you. And I wonder if the reason why you guys can crank stuff out so so fast is because you're not trying to conform this story to something that's already happened you're actually writing the story you know what i mean you're like you're like i'm not really confined to anything that's happened it's like if i want a dragon over there guess what dragon's gonna be there oh man this is freaking insane like this is amazing
2: in any case when when anyone's making art if you try to force it into a box it's going to take longer and it's not going to be as good uh and like some people have really vivid like life experiences that they can draw on but like um if you don't have that then yeah i think that just you know the minute you start to think about it then you start getting away from from what you actually want it's hard to describe but don't overthink it
0: yeah i've never heard someone explain that like that before so that that, that was really really good okay so now moving on to the final question you you get to this point in your life where you're gonna die it's 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 the end of your life you're on your deathbed and let's say that you're I'm going to say you're in two separate rooms, like you're not dying at the same time with each other. Aaron, you, you know, you're in your last moments and you turn over and you see your firstborn son and you love your son more than anything. And you want to give him one last piece of advice, whether it's a word or a phrase or a concept. You want to give him just the best thing you've ever heard in your life to make his life better. Right. You have this one last chance. And and the same for you, Britton, except you're telling your daughter take as much time as you need to think about that. But what would be the last thing you say to them?
2: Like uh, right before I die, does it have to do with music, or is it just like life advice? Anything
0: device? at all. It can. It, it can be. It can do with music. It can do with quilting. It can do with <laughs> whatever you
1: want, man. I think
2: I know what I would say, but I, I, I might need a, uh, like a few seconds to think about how I would phrase it. Um,
1: I would probably, as cliché as it sounds, kind of like the follow your dreams kind of deal. Like, um, don't really conform to make other people happy. Because at the end of the day, if, you, if you're if you doing things that make you unhappy to make other people happy, you're not going to be happy in the long run. So, I mean, I would say you're the only one who can honestly really look out for yourself and make sure 100% that you're happy. Make that number one priority. Not not like completely, like, step on others or anything like that, you know what I mean? But just, like, do what you, do what you have to do no matter what other people really think, as long as it's best for you.
0: I see what you're saying. Sort
1: no. of. I mean, you know, yeah. living a bad person.
0: You know, what I, mean? I do know what you mean. No, that that, that makes a lot of sense.
1: I phrase it a little bit better in that situation if
0: I'm about to die though. <laughs> no, that's, that's really awesome. Thank you, man. What about you, Aaron?
2: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure I don't have the wording right correctly, but the idea would be like, take the time to experience life. Don't live it on auto- autopilot. Be Try to be there in every moment when you're doing something, uh, you know, don't get caught up in, in drama. And it's hard not to get caught up in drama, but like when you do try to recognize that that's what's happening uh, and, and just take yourself back to to, you know, to what's happening uh to what's actually real rather than you know getting caught up in all kinds of stuff uh, i find that it's much easier if you just uh try not to create drama and then when it happens don't get caught up in it um there's lots of other things i would say but if i only have like a few seconds maybe it'd be that maybe it would be like all of your dreams
0: gentlemen thank you so much for coming on
1: and, and, and doing this thanks for having us
2: yeah definitely
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Hey, Daw Nation, hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Daw. If you did enjoy it, please like, comment, subscribe, repost, follow, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Deezer, YouTube. It just helps us know that what we're doing... Is going in the direction that you need us to go if you are interested make sure to check out those links in the description for the patreon for giving suggestions for people to come on the show and for private lessons and then finally make sure to check out the next episode Behind the Dot. It's episode 13.5. The guys that we just interviewed, but it's going to be a 0.5 episode, which means it's going to be an in the DAW. We're going to be breaking down two of their songs off their EP. We're going to be breaking down the Chasm, which is playing right now. And it played in the intro as well. And we're going to be breaking down their song Castles. So make sure to check that out. It's literally
1: the episode right after this. Thank you so much, DAW Nation. You have a fantastic day and we'll talk soon.